Welcome back. It's 2024, and we are excited. You are listening to episode 103 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and craft beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. You stole my line, James. I was uh, excited to uh, tell everyone because nobody knew before we told them that it's 2024. <laughs> no one knows it's 2024, but yes, it came very quickly. Yes, it feels like 2023 was a blip on the radar, and now we're in an even number year again, which is good for you. Well, 24 is one of my favorite numbers. I know. So it's just, I know. You know, my birthday's on the 24th. You know, it's just it's just a good day. It's a good year. It's going to be your year, James. It's going to be my year. It's going to be the year of James. <laughs> and to start our first episode of 2024, we'd like to thank all of our homebrewer guests we've had on in this past year as we continue our search for homebrewers across the country. And for those that are new listeners to the show, we want to share the world of homebrewing with you and hope you stay tuned in by following us on Instagram, downloading our episodes on your favorite podcast platform, which is hopefully where you found this if you're listening to us. Not just broadcast over some grocery market speakers or something. <laughs> and you're not walking down the street with a boon box, just blasting double yeah, hot beat as you're going style. down. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so, Shan. Well, we, James, kicked off, well, it was kind of a, almost a close to 2023 by checking out one last brewery we had not been to before. And we met up with our brewery friends at a brewery to check out Berkeley Beer Company. Tell me what you thought. Well, one of the first starts that we had on this podcast, in addition to interviewing home brewers and really talking about our home brewing lifestyle and sharing brewing beer with others, was really talking to the craft beer community and just going to local craft breweries and just experiencing the different vibes and all the different synergies that come along with the different kinds of beer that they have and just the environment. So for this craft brewery, what I really liked is it was a very inviting space. So you walk mm -hmm. in and right away you have the nice warmth of the wooden tables mixed with the kind of industrial feel, which is one of my go-tos if I'm if going you were to ever to open a brewery. Is like the industrial rustic feel. It also showcased not only they had a bar that was there as well. So if you wanted to sit at the bar instead of sitting at a table, you could do that. But they really highlighted the two focal points of their establishment. And in this case, it was number one, their beers. You had a nice viewing space of their fermenters uh, while you're sitting at the bar. But you can also see it as you're walking around the, the interior of the brewery. Yeah. And number two was their food. So one of the things that really draws us to breweries now is places that have their own food. Not food trucks per se, but ones that actually make their own mm -hmm. food in-house as well. And this is one of those places. So they had a nice viewing glass area where you could see a nice big pizza brick oven that, you know, their pizzas is what we got. And yep. they're delicious. Yeah, by I the got way. the prosciutto and burrata. And I got the Hawaiian. Really I think it's like a Hawaiian, got, but it, it had like... The Hawaiian chicken. Yeah, uh, but it was ba it was basically like a, your typical Hawaiian pizza. It also had peppers on it. I thought it looked like yeah, it had peppers, ham, pineapple, everything you'd expect in a Hawaiian. Pizza. But it had chicken too. Oh, I didn't notice the chicken. I just thought I think that's why they they called it a Hawaiian chicken pizza. I would hope so. <laughs> the chicken and the pineapples really go to the name. <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool spot. We hadn't checked it out before, 
And I wished, I'm glad we went, but I wish we had gone when it was warm weather because the outdoor space looked really cool. There was a big fire pit that wasn't open. It was kind of rainy and gross that day that we were there. But our friends had gone during the fall originally and said that it was a really nice space out there. Very inviting as well. A lot of picnic tables, family friendly. So it looked like a really cool outdoor space too. And it was kind of set back. It was like off of a main street, but set back enough that if you were outside, you weren't really getting the like hustle and bustle from that major. And I'm pretty sure the back is also kind of like on a little river stream area. Well, it could have just been the weather too, because it was pouring rain when we went. But one of the other great things about their menu was that they had a good style selection in their beers. And I'm one of those people that go in and immediately zoom in at the IPAs because that's typically what I like to drink. And in this case, they only had two. They had a double IPA and then their traditional flagship IPA mm-hmm. on tap. So I tried the double, and then I saw that my friend Kurt had got the Scottish ale. Mm. And just the color on that beer intrigued me enough where it's not something that you normally see on a brewery menu these days of a, a wee heavy Scottish pale ale. And it had a nice dark reddish hue to the color, it had a really nice aroma to it, almost like a caramel kind of smell to it, which was very inviting. And then just the flavor was great, well-balanced, had a really great malt sweetness in it that's very traditional with the Wee Heavy styles. Mm-hmm. So that's ended up what I landed on for the rest of, of the time we were playing a game that I will never still understand. <laughs> we were playing Three Crowns, and it's... And so for those of you who are not familiar with this game, the rules are constantly changing in the game because the number that's considered a wild card is constantly changing each round. And you're getting more and more cards into your deck. So if you don't like math, don't do this game. (laughs) James is not mad at all that he lost. No, it's okay. (laughs) I I don't mind that I lost. It was just a lot of math. Too much math for me. Yeah, a lot of math also at a brewery when you're having a couple of drinks. Then you got to think really hard. And our friend Shara was watching me use my fingers to count, like, breaking <laughs> off. She's like, are you breaking your cards off into groups of 10? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> you got to count up those scores. Again, yeah, I tried. I had a flight to begin with, and I got their experimental number eight, which was a blackberry sour. And I think, if I remember correctly, there was some lactose in there because it was pretty It was pretty. It thick. was pretty thick. And that was one of my favorites. I also got the strawberry fruited ale their golden ale, and then I also got the Painted Lady Spiked Tea, which was uh, an apple chai tea, and that was my other favorite, and I'm actually drinking that right now because I got it to go home, and it is delicious. It's not like a twisted tea-like type feel. Like it's It tastes like a beer, but so it's a tea. That's what I thought it was going to be. I thought no. it was going to be a twisted tea. Yeah, and I was surprised when I – I honestly, when I looked at my flight to begin with, I thought she had given me – the a beer thing. instead and i was like wait i think she gave me the wrong thing and then i tasted it and i was like oh no this is definitely apple chai but it looks and feels like a beer but it is a tea interesting so interesting. i really enjoyed those and i thought that was something different and it was amongst the like i feel like sometimes when there's a hard seltzer or like another spiked beverage breweries will put it like on a separate section but this was included in the like list of all the beers it was smack in the middle so i thought that was kind of cool the only thing that I would improve on the menu if I had to nitpick was I, I'm also that person that knows what kind of IPAs I like and what hops I tend to gravitate towards and which ones I'll get maybe 
a sample of, but I'm not going to want to drink a full pour of, you know, a certain hop combination just because that flavor that comes out of those hops in, especially the IPAs, I'm very particular on which ones I, I get. And I didn't see on their menu that they, they usually you'd have, well, what, typical breweries are doing these days are putting what hops are used in in the beers but this one just left it just with a basic description with Mm -hmm. with no hop characteristics or what ingredients really were in it which again simplified menu which is really nice but for me like you like to quiz yourself (laughs) i would have liked to know what what was in it to make to either be pleasantly surprised or to basically choose if I was just a one and done for a pint, if I knew I could only mm-hmm. have one beer, to make that informed decision. But that's where then the brewing staff is really where you'd lean on for that. And I'm kind of going into what our first episode on this podcast was, was how to pick a pint. I know. And we will be redoing that episode uh, for those of you who are new listeners and just ones who haven't been with us from the start, just to make sure that we can quiz ourselves to see yeah. if our answers have changed or... Just yeah, don't go back and listen to that. Don't go back that. and listen to that. Don't don't torture yourself this early in the year. It's not necessary. <laughs> Unless you want to listen to the recap of uh, the 2023 one where you can hear me sing, which I will not be doing in 2024, or maybe I will. But overall, good, great experience. Again, the beers were great. The atmosphere was good. And I would go back. Yeah, I've, I'm just so mad that breweries that are good are far away from us. Why did we choose to live where we live? <laughs> We chose to live where it was affordable. Because I'm like, I would go back there, but it is, it's almost an hour drive for us. So yeah. it's a little bit tough to, you know. Who knows? 2024 can bring a whole lot of breweries close to us. Yeah, we never, you never know, know, people. Possibilities are endless for real. <laughs> the basement's getting real big, everybody. Yeah, I mean, James, you are doing some uh, rearranging, additions, unpacking. Like the, I, I did some organization of our stuff, our collective stuff down there, but I feel like you keep the accumulating Christmas, <laughs> yeah. Christmas tubs and tubs of Christmas gear. Yeah. But I feel like you keep collecting more items for the home brewery. What's going on downstairs? Yeah. We're both collecting in different ways. Shannon's now going to have a fake tree for Christmas for yeah. her, her <laughs> Harry Potter only ornaments. That's how many ornaments we have now. I didn't say just Harry Potter. I could throw in some of our brewery ones okay. or... You said Harry I Potter could, tree. Well, then so I said, and then, you I know, we've go got Gandalf. It. We've got Frodo. We can't leave him hanging. Yeah. There you just go. Just a fandom tree. A fandom How tree. How does that sound? All right. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. And then you could just, you know, get a podcast ornament next for next year and just be all set for your tree. You want to get one just for my tree? We already have one for our tree. I'm just telling the people that they okay. get ornaments. You just wanted to put Shameless that plug, plug in there. Okay. So yeah, for the home brewery update, uh, we're just starting to get through... All our beers that we had on tap, because again, we had six beers on tap. So we're starting to turn those around. We had brewed a white IPA for the first time, and that was over the stove using Northern Brewers Extract Kit, where that video will be coming out shortly uh, because that beer is done. Have not tried it yet. It is sitting in a keg. Don't know whether I'm going to pan it or put it on tap, but that's on deck. I brewed a double batch on the big system mm-hmm. of my traditional spiced ale by request. Shout out to Kurt, uh, our brewery friend that we went to the brewery with. And I brewed a double batch. So again, 10 gallons. So enough for two kegs. But this time you added something you didn't include last time. I did. I added some candied ginger root this time. Just looking at a lot of recipes online. And just I found if I'm going to boost the alcohol in 
in the spear because Kurt wanted above eight or above ABV, where typically mine falls around six to seven. So I increased the ABV on that, but I didn't want the flavor to kind of suffer as well. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to also round out the beer, especially knowing it's going to be a little bit of a boozier beer. So the candied ginger root really could do that in two different ways. One, it helps me with the fermentables because of the, the bit of basically what candied ginger root means is it's got sugar, sugar. on it. Mm-hmm. So that extra sugar is just extra food for the yeast, which is great. Yeast got to be happy. I double pitched yeast as well to make sure they would be happy. That was nice of you. It was very nice. I, it was the, I was in the holiday mood, you know, I was yeah. just going wild with my yeast. I was just like throwing it around. Just in know? a giving. Liquid yeast, go, go full <laughs> bore. Didn't make a starter for that though. So I think next time I'll just use one and just build up a starter. But you know, time was of the essence. It was the holiday season. So yeah, I'm excited to see what the ginger root does to the to beer. I think I've had some this holiday that were spice dales that did list ginger root or ginger on their side of the can. So I really like those beers. So I took the gravity reading today and it actually fell right at exactly at 8%. Uh, the target... Now the target was actually eight point three percent, but I will I will accept the eight percent because that's where I mm-hmm. would be comfortable having it if I was going to have it on a menu. Eight point three is a little bit outside of you know someone might be off put by that point three, just the way it looks and yeah. Again, the amount of booziness in that beer, I want to make sure that it's nice, well rounded. So you know it gives it a little bit of heat, the alcohol on the back end, but it's not gonna basically sit in your mouth too long and dry out your mouth and make you not want another one. Okay. What? That was very descriptive. No, it's very descriptive. It was. Anyway. But congratulations on getting it to eat. Yeah. Because that was kind of a last minute ask. You were ready to go. And then he was like, hey, I want it to be higher than what you originally planned. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And again, I didn't do anything else with the grains. I think I added maybe a pound more of grains um, just in the base grist just to make sure that I, I got it that way. But I want to make sure the percentages were of all my ingredients were the same just because I didn't want to tweak too many things in the recipe and then have it come out and not know what really made the difference in the beer. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a beer that I've brewed four times now, but again, it started out as a 5% and then I upped it to a five and a half and then I upped it to a six. And um, now you're an eight. And I was happy. <laughs> I was happy with it at the six. Um, but I think this eight might be the ticket. I really okay. do. You know, traditional home brewing style after you take the gravity reading with your graduated cylinder you got to take a sip mm-hmm. you do i was allowed a sip this time too you were and you liked it yeah it was good i will i will drink it i will say that but usually i get the he oh how is it he's like it's good and then he just pours it right down the drain <laughs> <laughs> well now you know you'll be the first in line to uh try it thanks appreciate it well you also got a new addition you got some gift cards for Christmas, so you went kind of... I knew you had you had your eye on this for a while, but you finally went and got it. Yeah, so I went and I picked up a... I saw perusing that they had a sink that also has like a couple of drawers on the top, a couple shelves, and a pegboard on the back metal for a reasonable price. And all the reviews said it was sturdy because a lot of the ones that are all stainless that I've seen other homebrewers get have just had to mount mount it to the wall itself mm-hmm. um, to make sure that it would be stable. And knowing that I wanted to, well, spoiler alert, my New Year's resolution was to <laughs> get my packaging down and can it can more of my beers to be able mm-hmm. to not only do competitions, but also just 
it's just the one thing I've never really focused on in packaging beer. I've always thought, you know, kegs are the simplest and easiest way. But yeah, I want to streamline the canning process and have a dedicated area for my can seamer, the can filler, and just have all my cans in one organized spot, my labels. Mm -hmm. Which also, Shannon had got me brand new labels, everybody, yeah. for my limited edition brews. And again, if you want to follow my home brewing journey outside of the podcast, I created an Instagram account for that, just in case magical breweries pop up. Magical um, breweries. And I decide to have one. I don't know. We'll see. Just to have ec just an extra landing spot for more brewing stuff that I might not... Kind of the reason every home brewer starts... Instagram except this it's not <laughs> my personal Instagram it's not my the podcast Instagram it's yeah. another it's a secondary outlet just dedicated for whatever brewing stuff I'm doing mm -hmm. that I want to put on that I don't share on the podcast and that's at Spice City Brewing Company on Instagram okay plug in yourself there's Plugging a lot of plug, you're a lot of shameless plugs I today. mean <laughs> a lot of people are finding it anyway just on the podcast yeah. so people have like oh like you should mention it actually you said I should mention it actually I mean, and I'm like, well, I don't really, I'm not going to probably post that much on it. So we'll see. Yeah. But the, I mean, it's a cool candy station. And before it was like, every time I helped you, it was kind of a little bit haphazard. Oh, like yeah. depending on where we were doing it, upstairs, downstairs, in I the mean, basement. What, yeah. And what Me we, on one side of the bar, you on the other side of the bar. Yeah. And what, wiping cans. What we did have before, what was nice was it was mobile. So it was on a yeah. mobile cart. So we could take it out. Perfect for someone who doesn't have a lot of space that might need to like put it away, put it back. But because we have that dedicated space and by rearranging where my greens were in the brewery, I can now have it in place, have everything 5S, have the cans, the labels, mm -hmm. the, the work space to actually have those cans once they're canned up to put the labels on. And also it's a great solution to not having a floor drain. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of people think you can't get a sink if you don't have a floor drain. And that's not true. You can you still have a functional sink. You just don't have it plumbed to a drain where you just put a five or 10 gallon so, bucket yeah. underneath where the drain is. You just got to have a, a plan. If the sink does happen to leak, you got to have something underneath to catch it. Right. And ex exactly. So Yeah. Um, so again, the sink is really just for the cans so I can have them in sanitizer, have them ready to go. But you could use it during use it brew too, days during too. Brew you day could fill well. it up with sanitizer, throw those gaskets and everything in oh, there when you're cleaning. Absolutely. Yeah. So multi-purpose. Multi-purpose. Yeah. You never know what you're in need so of. So stay tuned for some pictures and videos on that to our Instagram. They'll be coming your way shortly. Mm -hmm. As soon as I get the can seamer and the <laughs> As soon as you filler. finish it. <laughs> Because let's face it, uh, my old canning machine that we had from 2020, before 2020, it was 2019, if you go back on our Instagram, that's finally just not calibrated and you know, it was just time, time to move on. And uh, we'll be talking about the new, what we got instead. New year, new, new canning. New year, new canning. Station setup. So we're machine. really excited to share with all of you what that is. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. You are, get, you're just like a... I feel like, like I shouldn't have bought you anything. This yeah. I'm just a tease. This this episode. I know, but I think I was just thinking back to James a tease. <laughs> <laughs> all of the I shouldn't have bought you anything for Christmas because you played Santa to yourself a lot. I played. You had Santa a lot of unboxing things going on. Yes, a lot of unboxing, and that's one of the great feedback we got on the show. So thank you all for uh, direct messaging us on our Instagram. If you have any suggestions for the show or anything you'd like to see more of, we've gotten quite a few that want to see more unboxing videos of our what we have in the brewery and just items that um, are out there 
in the brewing world. Mm-hmm. And again, so we're happy to do it. And again, it's something that I always go to look for videos and bef- research before I buy. So again, it's just a great quick what you get, what you don't get included in mm-hmm. the box. So that way, if you're planning to brew with whatever you get, you're not disappointed when you're going to brew and you don't have everything you need. But so what did you unbox recently, James? So I unboxed the SS Brewtech Brew Bucket 2.0. And this was one of those things I had my eye on for a while since they announced it come out. The Brew Bucket is by far one of our most used piece of fermenting equipment just because it's easy to use and it, Shannon uses it all the time. It's stainless. So it's a great step up from if you're going from plastic buckets mm-hmm. that are flat, flat buckets and you want to have a conical bottom. Shannon loves the conical bottom. I do. I love a conical butt. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just an easy, easy fermenter for beginners to learn on and just not a lot of moving parts. And so I want to see the difference between the classic, the brew bucket classic, and the 2.0. And my first thoughts are just on the buckets themselves, they're comparable. The same etched markings, the same detail in the stainless, everything you'd find on the original you find on this 2.0, except a couple critical things. First, the valve at the bottom, instead of being a stainless uh, racking arm, you're now getting a silicone arm, which is Hmm. Kind of like that rubbery material yeah. for those who don't know what silicone is. And it has their new pure flow valve on the bottom, which is similar to their valves um, used in their bigger system that I have mm-hmm. um, that includes the silicone gaskets. So I really like those to be able to just turn the knob to either open it or close it. And basically it works by pinching that tubing shut hmm. or open. And again, that's could be one of the cons. I'll find out when I'm using yeah. it more frequently. I can already tell that cleaning that silicone piece gonna be a is is gonna P- be a I- a might be a yeah might be something that uh, Shannon a pita will, <laughs> might be something that Shannon will bleep me for if I say. But I'm gonna give it a try and see how I like it. And again, I already got a spare silicone racking arm because they were like four or five dollars on mm-hmm. Black Friday. And again. Best time to buy if you're looking for new equipment is Black Friday. So, so come next, back in come 11 back, months. Come back in 11 and months. Um, but it's also something to keep in mind, too, that a lot of the times they're trying to clear their warehouses of certain items, getting ready for mm-hmm. the next thing that's coming out. So just be mindful of that. So if it's a very large purchase, just even do due diligence and reach out to companies and just they might not tell you, you know, not to buy it, but they might give you a hint here and there. You might have some luck and, you know. If you're planning to b- upgrade, you know, they might be willing to be like, yeah, we might have something in the pipeline in a couple months, but we can't share anything more than that. And then you'd be like, okay. And you Is make that your informed decision. the line I should use with you, James? You have something in the pipeline? Just say, I've got something in the pump line. <laughs> I've got something in the pump line, James. <laughs> I've got something in the pipeline. But I can't tell you for a couple more months. No, because then the months would roll on and then whatever it is probably wouldn't be what it was. And then I'd be disappointed. <sighs> yeah. Bye. I've tried that method, and that's why Santa's coming to town. Yeah, via your car and not where Santa should be coming from, which is from other people. (laughs) Well, you know, he's gone EV this year. God. But yeah, so first thoughts, I really like it. The biggest difference is, again, that pure flow valve at the bottom. And then the lid is different. So this is more for the, if you get the chilling coil kit, which I did an unboxing kit on that as well. And 
unlike the original coil chilling kit that was with the seven gallon brew bucket that you get extra as like mm-hmm. a, your way of controlling your temperatures in the brew bucket. In the differences, it's got a domed lid with a couple extra entry points, and the coil is also seems a lot sturdier instead of the the classic chilling coil that was kind of just a looped little coil on top of the two holes that you have on the, your bucket lid. This is way more advanced, um, where it's the domed lid. It's got multiple TC connections where you can take mm. off either the wide opening at the top or the smaller port at the top, which would be great for dry hopping. Versus the original brew bucket mm-hmm. classic where you would have to unclamp the entire lid to, if you were dry hopping, even with the chilling um, kit. So I really liked the advancements of that chilling coil kit for the seven gallon bucket. Now, there's nothing to say that you can't buy that chilling mm-hmm. coil kit for your brew bucket check classic for your brew bucket. Okay. Classic. Is that a tip? So that might be my <laughs> pro tip here of... Get the classic and upgrade the lid with the mm. chilling okay. oil kit. But I did see they're sold out of that okay. kit right now. So <laughs> so you can't buy so it. So you might not be able to buy it. I will just say that you opened that lid and you're just like, are you kidding? Oh, look at this. Oh, it's attached. Oh, it was are you kidding surprise. me? I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I did not expect the box for the chilling coil kit to be the exact same size of the box of the brew bucket itself. So that's kind of incredible if you're mm-hmm. just putting that in perspective of how awesome this chilling coil kit is compared to He's very excited. the classic. I'm very excited. And especially being something that can be stackable, the brew buckets are stackable. It's my one of my favorites, you know, fermenting vessels for the price point that you can get into stainless and still have all the as many mm-hmm. attachments as most people would need. Okay. Now, again, if you're going to ferment under pressure and yeah. you're doing more of the advanced home brewing things, that's where you'd go with your uni tanks by, mm-hmm. you know, other companies or the same company. And that's, you'd go that route. But I mean, again, for the beginner, intermediate home brewer, brew buckets where it's at. And you've used it, I think, every yeah. time for your... Yeah, it's the only thing I've... No, well, the last time for my sour, I used the spike. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you because we had to add the puree and we weren't sure if there'd be enough room. That's in right. In my brew bucket. So. That's right. Yeah. Well, we can find that unboxing video on our Instagram. So I've been thinking, James, about what I'm going to brew next. And I don't know, because I feel we have a lot of beers on tap still, even though we're getting through what we had before. And your brew, you're going to have, what, two or three new ones coming on. Yeah, I think so, I've got three in the pipeline. Yeah. Coming. So I've been trying. So I think I need to wait and brew something like a little bit later in the spring. And I really like cold snap. That's kind of like my end of the winter, almost spring beer. So I'm thinking I'm going to maybe do something similar to a cold snap. Yeah. I mean, and do you plan to brew it on a big system or are you going to go extract or are you going to just do partial grain over the stove? I might do partial of the stove only because I have never brewed something like that. So I just want to, I don't want to do a big batch. And then if it comes out kind of meh, you know, then I'm losing a bunch of beer. So I think I'm going to do a smaller batch and then see where it goes. Yeah. And I have a barley wine where again, this time I'm not, I'm waiting to brew it just so it doesn't fall in the dead of summer. Like it mm-hmm. did last time I brewed a barley wine. Um, so I'm going to wait a little bit to brew that one to make sure I get the timing better. Um, and again, if the canning works out great, I might brew it 
sooner and just yeah, can it up. can it up and that'd be a good test to see you know how my packaging is True. come out so then can pull it in a couple months and and see yeah. how it comes out that belgian quad though was by far my favorite mm-hmm. beer to brew and got the best like, reviews so far feedback review, yeah. feedback and most people wanted like wanted more more more, <laughs> more more um so it's definitely something i'll add to my kind of flagship rotation brew and again i think i'll do a party guile again but probably not this year um we'll see how see how it works out but i'll also gonna be really trying to brew a red rye ipa and an idea came to me as well to also do a red rye and age it in a whiskey barrel so that would be a good twist as well um so i think i'll try and find a good Mm -hmm. So if you have a good red rye IPA recipe and send it our way, send it our way and uh, we can try and brew it and see how it comes out. But I think that doing a newer style of beer, beer like that, I know I've done a couple sours this past year. I think that's my new year's resolution is trying to make something that I haven't done before. It might be a little bit more, a little more of a stretch stretch for me and my intermediate self. Yeah. Stretch I, project. I think too, as we're talking to more and more home brewers on the show and finding out different styles that people are brewing around the US and the world that will come across a style that we haven't either had or brewed. And we might do a brew off or we might uh, try and do some creative recipe mm-hmm. collaborations. Um, so if that's something that interests you as well, feel free to direct message us. Yeah. We're here. We are available. here. We're available. Well, um, yeah. well, what's your? Do you have a? Uh, well, I guess your New Year's resolution New was Year's to resolution work on your packaging. To work on so. all my packaging, and that, that's pretty big. Um, but who knows? Okay. You know. Okay. And brew a new style. That again, I guess that was my resolution. I feel like you've, now, you've done a lot of new styles this year. Yeah, I think I only so. brewed I think one IPA or two this year. And I think mine last year was to brew sours, so I, I think did we that. Check our list. Check, check, check twice. Check, check. So I'm gonna try something new, and I'm gonna definitely, or maybe my resolution would be to do the cold snap type beer, but then also maybe in the summer try another sour and try to tweak one of the recipes I did to make it a little better. I might go back to that original like base recipe and try to yeah. make it a little bit better, so I could use that as a base and then do fruited sours with it it's a good idea so maybe that'll be my resolution part two resolution part yeah two. <laughs> okay well we appreciate you all listening to us this week and don't forget to go check out our merch which is on our instagram link tree so go check out that uh, link to access the site and you can find our podcast merch as well as our brew another day initiative products so head on over to our instagram and we want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode of double hot beat you can Come on and share your story as a home brewer by sending us a direct message on our Instagram at Double Hot Beat Podcast. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Playlists, or your favorite podcast platform, make sure you give us a five-star review and share our podcast with your friends. And also subscribe because that will help us get new listeners. We appreciate it. This has been Double, Double Hot Beat. Beat. Catch, Catch you on, on the, the brew side. side. Oh.